Hey, welcome to Craft Beer Bucket List with Big Ray and Mike, where we review beers you have to try before you die. Welcome to episode two of Craft Beer Bucket List with Mike and Big Ray. We're here to try beers that you need to drink. Um, we say it's beers you need to try before you die. Absolutely right, Mike. I love that. So, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in today. I certainly appreciate each and every one of you uh, taking some time to spend uh, with myself, Big Ray, and uh, my best friend, Mike. Um, in this episode, we're going to be sampling three beers. Um, again, uh, Mike and I are going to have a beer in front of us that we are going to review together. Uh, tonight, we're going to be reviewing the Coconut Hefe by Country Boy Brewery. And uh, I'm going to be telling you guys about one of my favorite local IPAs, the F5 by Coop Ale Works out of Oklahoma City. And uh, Mike is going to be telling you guys some about the Wicked Juicy IPA from Shiner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's a pretty good lineup, man. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, I'll be honest, IPAs aren't my, uh, my go-to, so to speak, but uh, I've heard good things about uh, this IPA. I like Shiner's other beers and... Uh, I've tried that F5 before as well, uh, and I think that's a that's a solid beer. So I'm pretty excited about this, to be honest. Um, so anyway, the first one we're going to try together. Uh, you got it cracked open yet, Ray? Uh, I don't. I've been waiting on that. Um, All right. Because I just love that beer crackle sound when it would crackle. My God, it's a can. It doesn't crackle. Um, but, you know, I want the, the listeners to experience that sound. Yeah, that, that you only crack get it open, buddy. When you open it. Yeah, so I'm doing that right now. And, uh, you know, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm a giant nerd. You know that. But I am totally pouring this into my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pint glass tonight. So that's a beautiful sound. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, to kind of to kind of follow suit, I'll tell you about. Um, so I've already I had already opened mine. Uh, I was anxious to try it, but um, I got a glass. Yeah, and uh, if you follow our Instagram or Twitter uh, uh, social media sites, you'll kind of see some different glassware that I've used, but. Uh, I love finding odd or unique or cool or weird or nerdy glassware that to try out my new beers. So right now I've got the the coconut happy vice and uh, poured into a glass that has different types of horse carriages on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. I know, man. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's and, and I'll post a picture of this uh, as the podcast goes live. But um, anyway, it's, it's cool. Cool glass. Uh, but so. Uh, um, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about country boy brewing for a second. So country boy brewing is also pretty close to me. It's in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I know on the previous episode, we talked about West six starting in 2012, uh, and country boy brewing also started in 2012. So it's, uh, it's uh, about the same time frame as, uh, the West six, uh, that was in Lexington. So these are two of the, like the, the foundational breweries in Lexington. Um, and a lot of people love both of them. Um, so Country Boy Brewing started in Lexington, Kentucky in 2012. Uh, there's four different guys that kind of run it. Um, they've got the uh, they've got a cool marketing branding scheme where it's just got a, a silhouette of a old truck, um, and they kind of uh, fashion all their branding and their uh, their marketing toward you know that that uh, what what I call the good old boy, the country boy kind of thing, um, whatever it may be. And you can kind of see that if you go into the brewery too. It's kind of got that. Uh, brand where it's just good old boys and you can 
walk right in, you'll hear Merle Haggard or Jason Boland on the radio uh, as you're, you know, ordering a beer at the bar. <clears throat> so they start off just in Lexington. There's a, a right outside of downtown. Um, and not too long ago, um, I want to say 2017, maybe. So two years ago ish, uh, they expanded. Um, they actually opened a much bigger facility uh, north of that in Georgetown, Kentucky, which is uh, maybe 20 minutes north of where their first location was. And it's a big space. Um, you know, they started off a little over 20,000. And I think they've uh, they've started another renovation on this the land there where they're at to make another big addition to it. So they're expanding uh, quite a bit uh, as far as their tank size and, you know, production capacity and all that. And, you know, when they first started out, they were just, just around Kentucky. But now, um, I, you know, I follow them on Twitter or Instagram and all that and um, follow a couple of different guys that are heading it up over there. And, you know, every every couple months they're saying, hey, now find us in West Virginia. Now find us in northern Tennessee. Check us out in Ohio. So they're, they're going places. And, and I'll be honest, they've got a cool thing going, man. Cool thing going. But uh, I'll let you kind of uh, uh, chat about the beer itself for a little bit. So this is uh, my first experience with this particular Hefe. And, uh, you know, Hefeweizens are, are one of my go-tos. I'm definitely an IPA guy. I know that's that's uh, so cliche um, in, in 2019, but uh, there's a spot in my heart for a good Hefe. And uh, this one really uh, speaks uh, to the classic Hefeweizen. You know, it's kind of when, when you have that initial pour, it's got that cloudiness uh, that you expect to see uh, with the Hefeweizen. And uh, this one, though, having coconut, it has a very um, unique flavor profile. It doesn't come across as uh, tropical, I guess, is, is what you might say. But it, it definitely adds uh, a profile and depth to the beer that really makes it uh, refreshing. Um, you definitely get those, you know, yeast and wheat notes that you get with the Hefeweizen. You know, of course, uh, Hefe in German is is yeast. And, uh, and Weizen is wheat. So, of course, it has the, the wheat and uh, yeast in there but no the, with the coconut though it really just brings a whole new element uh to this beer so it has the traditional look um and smell but really uh the flavor here is just like wow i i am enjoying this so something like i, I know i um i talked on the last episode about uh the half of ice and i was trying it was a little bit too carbonated right i think so this is a good example of you know it's still a little bit more carbonated, some of the other beer styles, but this is a good balance right here. It's, it's, uh, it's got a little bit more carbonation, but it's not overpowering. It's not drinking like a champagne kind of. Uh, right. One thing that I kind of noticed, man, I don't know if you're getting it or not, is the the, the, the classic banana and clove uh, yes. flavors. They're there, but they're not overpowering either. So you've got the, it's kind of like a, a lighter banana and clove uh, profile to it. And the coconut comes in just a little bit just to say, hey, I'm here. Uh, what's up? I'm still around, you know? No, I would, I would agree with that. And again, I think that's, that does lend to the, the refreshing uh, style of uh, this wheat ale. So uh, I, this one hits really uh, high for me. I'm not going to score this. You know, I'm, I'm not a pro like that. Um, but just for your everyday regular guy drinking a, a beer, um, this is super smooth. It's very refreshing, and it makes me happy having – this in my glass, literally in my hand right now. I wonder, uh, and I don't know, uh, I don't want to look it up right now, but I wonder, so this is something that's, uh, it's a, it's their seasonal, their summer seasonal release, I think. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So summer seasonal release. Uh, I wonder if it's got a lot of reviews on like beer advocate or whatnot. And I wonder how it's doing on there. Cause I, 
I gotta say, like, uh, it's it's not what I expected, but I, I kind of like it. Yeah, you know, no, I, it's same. Uh, like I said, this is a, a first for me. I've I've read some about this. It does get good reviews, um, and so no, this is definitely one I would put on the on the list of beers to try before you die for the listeners out here. Uh, if you get through Kentucky or you find a place where this is distributed, uh, I think it's worth it to buy a, a six pack and, and try it for yourself. You know, share with your buds, you know, on a back road, just however you decide to drink your beer. Um, this one's definitely worth a try. I'm excited to have more. I have a couple more cans of this in my beer fridge in my office. So I'm ready for another one. Nice. Nice. Um, so as part of our uh, series here, we're going to do a stories um, that get, let you know a little bit more about Big Ray and Mike. Um, so this is, this is a part of the podcast where I tell a story about something that Ray and I were did oh, or gosh. hung out or whatnot. <laughs> oh boy. I hope this stays family friendly. My, no, no, my absolutely family friendly. Uh, family friendly, uh, is, uh, NC 17, right. Or whatever that is. Sure. Now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. So I just, I just remember, uh, it's, uh, we used to, when we were younger, when we were a younger man, um, I remember we used to go up to, um, uh, oh shoot, what is it called? I want to say the tumbleweed, but that's not it. What is it? The caravan in Tulsa. The car- Oh my gosh. Yeah. The car- are, you t- are, you t- are you talking about caravan or the, oh, oh my God, the midnight rodeo. Yeah. No, this is the, which, what's one of these places? Which one had, which one about? had like the, the nickel beers, uh, for a certain time. I think it was oh gosh. midnight rodeo. I had nickel beers. That was go- the midnight rodeo. Yeah, so- oh gosh. You're bringing up that place. That's <laughs> special, man. <laughs> I just remember we'd be like, listen, we got to get there because it starts at seven o'clock. We got to get there at seven from seven to nine. It's nickel beers. And, uh, and it was, there. uh, Oh, and it was always Bud Dry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's warm. It was which warm. It's not dry. made anymore. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's like, oh, it was, looking back, I don't know how I ever drank as much of that as I did because even uh, then I didn't like it and I didn't have a refined palate for beer at all then. No, I just, oh, gosh, I we drank getting, so yeah. much of that. Yeah, we get there, like, I mean, we get there right <laughs> at seven and we like, all right, and we just, you know, beer after beer after beer and like warm, warm Bud Dries. And, <laughs> So is it like, I think they stopped doing that like at nine o'clock, you know, once it started getting busy actually. And so right, it was like, like a two hour window. Yeah. Yeah. So at nine o'clock we'd either, Hey, this is getting kind of cool. We're going to stay here or we'd hop ship and go to like the, <laughs> the caravan or something. The else. caravan. Uh, you know, uh, that speaks to the history of Tulsa. Um, you know, both of those places are no longer even open, the caravan or the midnight rodeo. Uh, well, they're both, both gone. Yeah. The midnight rodeo was kind of a, uh, could be a rough place if uh, if you caught it just wrong i mean i remember you know seeing several fights so you know there and i'm just like oh, you know it, it's it, when you're young it's not that big a deal now that i'm older i'm like oh no way you know yeah that is not the place i, I choose to frequent <laughs> nowadays it's just i don't have the energy or the patience for that yeah, i just remember like uh <laughs> the, all the guys would want to get the spray bottle for the wet t-shirt contest. You know, it's like, Oh God. Oh, now yeah. that I think of it, I'm like, Oh my, it's kind of cringeworthy a little bit. Now that it, I look back it, on it. It is. It's like, you know, it's, it's a, it makes for a great story. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad that that chapter in my life is behind me. And uh, it's like, you know, this is why I enjoy craft beer. I can go to a brewery. It's a uh, family friendly. I can get a quality product that tastes great and won't leave me feeling uh, ashamed of myself the next day. If I have one too many next day or the next decade, <laughs> next decade. <laughs> yes. I just, like I said, I just remember like we, we'd be at your, uh, cause you lived in a duplex around that time and uh, we'd be at your duplex. We get on you know, like our nice pearl snap shirts and 
now. Oh, the pearl snaps. Wow. Yeah, get on the rest of pearl snap shirts and be like, all right, we leave Ray's house, Ray's house at like 6.15. We get there by 7. <laughs> oh, so dumb, dude. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some more beer. Um, so yes. you, you've, you've got the F5 IPA by Coop Works. Uh, tell me a little bit about it, man. So I do have that in, in, uh, in for the listeners here, I, uh, I live in broken air, Oklahoma. Uh, of course, Mike and I met years ago in Oklahoma. He lives in Kentucky now. So I've got to rep the home state. Um, I've got an IPA made by Coop Ale Works and, uh, their brewery is in, uh, Oklahoma city. And, uh, they've got, these guys have, uh, come on and have done very well for themselves. Um, they, their facility, um, I think uh, maybe a couple of years ago, and in, in the timeline, I could be wrong, so don't don't quote me as gospel on this, um, but they announced a, a $20 million project uh, to revitalize the 23rd Street National Guard Armory, and I transformed that, you know, I think it's a 85 or 86,000 square feet space um, into a manufacturing brewery, you know, a restaurant, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, even a hotel. So these guys are doing well. Oh, they make it. A series of quality products, and of course, me being an IPA guy, um, the F five that they make is one of my go to beers. I tell you, uh, one of their I haven't had it in a while, but uh, the their DNR, um, that was oh another, yeah, yeah, that was another beer I tasted when I I mean it was a while back, and man, that's a quality beer, uh, and it's by Kubel Works, and I'm telling you, it's tasty. It is tasty. So anyway, sorry, go ahead and talk about your IPA. Yeah, and uh, you know something else I love being true to to Oklahoma, the F five, uh, and I'm sure most people know this, um, but F five and, and now the scale is called an EF or the EF five. Um, that talks about the the severity of a tornado. Now, being in Tornado Alley, um, they're sticking true to their roots, and uh, really, I mean that's a, the the F five or the EF five is the biggest tornado you can get. And I think they're really making a splash in the market by saying, hey, our IPA is the biggest you can get. And uh, so, it, and I'm waiting for the, the head to go down just a little bit on this tiny glass I'm using. I don't want to just drink a bunch of foam here. I didn't pour it the best, admittedly. Is that still the Ninja Turtles glass? Uh, no, no, I'm using a, a separate glass here for my IPA. <laughs> Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Uh, Raphael. Ah. Uh. I was always a uh, more of a Donatello guy. I can see I'm partial. You know, I, I go by Ray, but my real name is actually Raphael. I'm a giant Italian, and so I think I'd be doing myself a disservice if uh, my favorite Ninja Turtle had a name that wasn't mine, since I have that name. Yeah, I mean they got Michelangelo, and I'm you know I'm Michael, but it doesn't matter. He, he's I think Donatello is more my style. Yeah, I mean he he had a big stick, Mike. Yeah, he swung and, that ghost. And he he walked softly and carried a big stick. Yes. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm drinking this beer right now, Mike. Yeah. And uh, uh, just give me a second just to savor another sip here. Yeah, yeah. You tell me all about it, man. I'm living vicariously. Oh, I don't know what it is about. The, there's a certain, and, I, and I'm not the best at explaining this, but there's a certain bitter note that you get with an IPA. And this for me just speaks to my taste buds or what I call my taste bros. I'm, I'm close with the flavor receptors on my palate. Um, but this level of bitter really speaks to me. Um, they score an 85 on the IBU scale. So a little, a little high end on the bitters. Um, I think the, on average a beer goes from like what, 15 to 80 on the scale. 
So 85 kind of tips just above the high end of that. And that's really, really what I like and I love about an IPA. It's definitely full bodied. You know, you know, alcohol by volume is just over 7%. So it's uh, four for a, a lighter beer overall. Uh, it scores about where I want it. It's not too alcoholy. Uh, I'm not real sure how to say that. Um, but this is just well balanced. The flavor is here. It's uh, not hard at all to drink. And uh, this really honestly makes me want a steak. There's something about a thick piece of juicy meat that I love with an IPA. And uh, even though it's 10 o'clock at night central, I just want to go turn on my grill right now and throw in a Kansas City strip and have that with uh, another one of these beers. It hits me like that. So you said it you know, didn't taste too alcoholic. Um, one of the beers that I've had a while back I had a chance to get was the uh, Dogfish Shed 120. And I felt that for me that was a little bit too alcoholic, so to speak. Uh, but this comes in kind of under that. It does, yeah. And uh, is that the 120-minute IPA we tried in Texas last year? Yeah, yeah. At the, uh, I forget the place uh, where we had it now. Um, oh, shoot. I, I want to say it's in McKinney or Sherman. Yeah, oh, my gosh. We've we should. We've been there several times uh, over yeah. the years. And, uh, but the name, uh, I, I just can't think of it off the top of my head. But, yeah, that 120-minute uh, pale ale, that was probably, for me, hands down the best IPA I've ever had. It really, but yeah, I I loved it. Yeah. Um, I know you didn't like it as much, but for me, that was just like, wow. Well, I mean, I think I let you or uh, Jody uh, at the time finish mine. It's too much for me. It was me. I, I, remember, <laughs> I was, I was, was more me. than happy to finish yours. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I you know it's one of those things, and that and that's the beauty about craft beer is uh, you know we all have different tastes. We all have different preferences and, you know, uh, when I don't like a beer, you do and, you know, vice versa, you know, so. Yeah, so, no, that's uh, I love the diversity of beers and yeah, and absolutely right. Just because I don't like it uh, doesn't mean that you, you know, will or won't or even the listeners, you know, we have such a wide variety of tastes and we have plenty of beers to accommodate that. So I, I kind of let, uh, let a story out about you and me having fun. I, you know, I want to give you the opportunity to, to tell a story about Mike and Ray or the adventures of Mike and Big Ray. Oh gosh. So earlier today, um, and, uh, you know, we just moved into a new house about 10 weeks ago and, uh, there's still a few boxes to unpack. You know, there was one box I had left in my office that had just a stack of old photographs. You know, I was going through those today <laughs> and, uh, I know that there's no, I was like, Oh God, what am I going to find in these? Uh, Cause you just, you never know. And uh, I, I was happy to stumble on um, our trip to the the uh, Budweiser Brewery in St. Louis. Oh, I yeah. want to say it was back in uh, 2003, maybe 2004. That's when um, Caleb went with us. That is when Caleb went with us. And uh, I'm not going to tell any stories on him. He's not here to try to defend himself, bless his heart. Um, it was actually <laughs> the first uh, <laughs> brewery tour I ever took in my life. <laughs> Oh, man, there's so many stories we could tell that aren't appropriate for this podcast, Mike. Um, however, no, just our, our trip to the Budweiser Brewery, and uh, that was my first experience with the, the brewing process and what it actually took to make uh, a beer. Um, and I got introduced. That was the first time yeah, I remember ever um, even hearing of a stout. And uh, I remember at the time at Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis, they brewed what they, uh, the Bare Knuckle Stout. Oh, yeah, um, I remember that. Remember yeah. that? Yes. And uh, I did not like it. Um, 
I remember you did. That was my, my first experience with a stout. And, uh, you know, later in life, um, I developed a taste for those. You know, I, I love a good uh, oatmeal stout or a milk stout. Um, but at the time, I just did not have a palate for that. Yeah. I, I was so, so impressed with the Clydesdales. Uh, oh, that was, then, yeah, that was so cool, dude. I mean, just you, you see them, you know, at, at different events or you see them on TV and you're like, oh, they're big. But then you stand next to one and, you know, and I'm not tall. I know this, but stand next to one and you like look up at the animal and you're like, holy cow or holy horse, I should say. Holy horse. Right. Yeah. I just remember like that is flipping huge, man. I mean, like it's, it's something like out of, like of a, a Tolkien novel or some sort, you know, like this belongs in Lord of the Rings. This isn't real. Uh, yeah. just like, and you know, just beautiful, majestic, humongous, uh, so the other part I thought about that was really cool is the history behind some of the different things they did, like during prohibition and stuff like that. I, I was, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a big beer hater, so to speak. Um, I mean, I prefer to drink local, uh, and drink small, um, drink independent, but I tell you what, there's, there's some history behind some of those guys and you know, they, they've, they've done well for a reason. Um, but I really enjoyed the historical part of that. Yeah. And, also, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of history there. I didn't know existed. And uh, it was really cool to learn that, uh, like even root beer, like we're talking about. And there's times where, uh, and uh, still Anheuser-Busch uh, does this, um, whenever we have natural disasters, they convert parts of their factory over to canned water and send to areas like after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I forget how many millions of cans of fresh water they send in. So even you know in recent history, they're doing great things to help. Uh, the community. So we have old history, like you said, prohibition, and even now where they just do really cool things. And uh, I can, I can absolutely respect that. Sure. Yeah. But the Clydes that like Mike, you know, they hear me saying big Ray, I'm six, five and 400 pounds. I am not a small man. And I felt tiny next to these Clydesdales. Yeah. You know, even I'm 15 years ago or so it's like, dude, these are some big animals. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I to this day have, have never been in awe of, you know, uh, I've been around elephants, uh, you know, I've been around, you know, other large animals. And to this day, nothing has struck me the same way they struck me. I mean, just, I just remember the lady there that was uh, kind of taking care of them was like blow drying their hair. And I was like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those horses are very well taken care of. Like it was impressive, the facility they had um, for those animals. And uh, you know what? They deserve it. Those horses are, are carted around. And they do great things, but you know what? They are so well taken care of. And that's uh, also something else I was impressed by. So, but Mike, um, you know, we've enjoyed the Coconut Hefe. Uh, they got to hear me ramble on about, uh, you know, repping the state of Oklahoma with this uh, F5 IPA. Um, why don't you crack open that Wicked Juicy uh, by Shiner and uh, give the listeners a rundown on that? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try the Wicked Juicy. Um so as, as I've mentioned in the previous podcast, and I kind of alluded to it here, is um, IPAs are not my go-to uh, style. Um, I can appreciate them here and then. Um, but, you know, when it comes to IPAs, what I usually do is I def- defer to somebody that knows the, knows the IPA style a little bit better. But uh, a friend gave me this beer, uh, and I said, man, it looks cool, but more than anything, I love the brewery. So <laughs> in the last episode... I talked about my first uh, craft beer experience uh, and Shiner Shiner wasn't my first craft beer experience, but shortly after I got into craft beer, I discovered Shiner and uh, Shiner Bach 
if you grew up around the Texas, Oklahoma area, Shiner Bock is legendary as far as beers go. Uh, you know, oh, it's, it's part of the culture. Uh, you can hear it in country songs, um, and, and they make a wide variety of beers. Um, so anyway, um, <coughs> excuse me, I got a little bit of allergies going on today, but um, so anyway, uh, the, the Shiner uh, is located in Shiner, Texas. Um, they call their uh, brewery, and I hope I'm saying this right, the Spetzel Brewery. Um, they've been working there since uh, the early 1900s. Um, there's a lot of different legends about, um, you know, the uh, farmers in the area would uh, find cold uh, Shiner beer on fence posts uh, so that they can enjoy it after they got done working in the fields and whatnot. Um, and they, you know, they've expanded here and there. And uh, they've kind of, I'll be honest, when I moved to Kentucky and I saw them on the shelf, I was like, whoa, really? I didn't know they were, you know, had to, had kind of taken that route as, you know, the expansion that far. But, uh, so I, I've always loved Shiner Bach. It's been one of my favorites. So when I got handed a, a, the Wicked Juicy, um, by Sh- first, first thing, I was kind of surprised that they're doing an IPA. Um, not that I should be, um, but everything I ever heard about Shiner was Shiner Bach and Shiner Blonde. And uh, so when I got this uh, can, uh, I'd say about a week ago, I guess, uh, I had to go on their website and check out what what all they're doing, you know, Um, and go, you know, check out um, their their facilities and what they're looking like now and stuff like that. But it's a cool brewery. Uh, It's, it's, like I said, it's located in Shiner, Texas. If you're down that way, you should check it out. The Wicked Juicy is a pineapple and coconut IPA. Uh, And that's kind of why I decided to go ahead and do it tonight. Since we had the coconut heffy, I said, you know, I said, well, why not kind of pair it up and get a little coconut IPA going on? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take a few swigs here real quick and uh, let's see what it tastes like. It, the smell the, when I poured it, the smell just burst up through my nose. I mean, cause I'm, I'm not sitting right, right over it, but uh, the smells just kind of filling the room right as I crack the can. It's just kind of taking over some space. That's kind of a cool thing. There's something to be, of course, we want the flavor of the beer, but man, if you get that experience of the aroma, especially when you first open it, that really just adds to the experience. And uh, I, I, for one, love that. I wish I had one of those in front of me. Just hearing you describe it makes me want one. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, like, you know, the, the aroma that kind of filled, filled up the space was kind of a typical IPA aroma. Got a, you know, pretty strong uh, IPA hop atmosphere going here. Uh, but when I took the, the first sip, man, the coconut right up front, man, coconut just says, here I am. What's up? The, uh, the, or sorry, not the, did I say the coconut? I meant the pineapple. My bad. Yeah, you pineapple. totally said the coconut on that. So yeah. the pineapple, so it has a yeah. nice uh, citrusy. Yeah. I'm sitting here like, note. I'm still tasting it and thinking about it. The pineapple is right up front. Um, the, the taste, you can't really smell now that I'm smelling it right out of the glass, I can kind of smell the pineapple a little bit, but the taste is very apparent. Um, and the coconut is just kind of on the back end, kind of like the heffy, you know, it's kind of an added subtle flavor in the back. So let me, and it may not pair the best Mike, but would you recommend uh, enjoying one of these beers out of a snifter just because of the aroma it offers? Hmm. You know, I've, I've heard, and I know they've got like preferred glassware for everything, um, depending on what style it is and all that. Um, I like a, when I've got a, a beer with a, with a good aroma profile, I like doing more of the Belgian tulip uh, glass. I think that's what okay. it's called. 
But I mean, I think it's very similar. It's kind of channeling that aroma up through a certain space, so it kind of goes straight up, sort of, so to speak. Sure. And uh, you can't see the glass where I the glass I'm using is a is a cute little like uh, juice glass actually that I picked up uh, at Goodwill <laughs> or right hut, but there's not a large uh, mouth to it to really spread out that uh, aroma and the, you know whatever's popping out. So maybe it's kind of doing the same thing. Well, so it's uh, kind of it's kind of uh, tell a little bit more about this beer. It's a little over 5% ABV. Um, I think it had listed on there as uh, 55 or 60 IBUs. So it's, it's supposed to be on the higher end. I don't get a lot of the, I mean, it's, it tastes like an IPA, but it's not a very bitter stout beer. It, it has a pretty good flavor. I, I, I kind of like it. And so I'm just curious, Mike, I don't have it in front of me. What is the IBU on the uh, IPA you have there? If I, if I missed that. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, let's see. I, I thought it was like 55 or 60. Let me see if I can't find it again. Wow, that is really low for an IPA. Yeah. Oh, it says 48. So it's, 48, it is low. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's what was, and that's what I kind of thought. I was like, it doesn't, the hop, the bitterness doesn't really punch you like some other ones do. But it, I mean, it tastes good. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what kind of um, reviews this gets on Beer Advocate or Untapped or anything, but I mean, for a non IPA person, um, that, you know, doesn't know IPA as, as well as somebody like yourself. Um, I would, I would score this pretty good. I, I, you know, I'm a novice IPA drinker and I would, uh, say this is pretty high on my list, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of cloudy. So it's, you know, when they talk about that juiciness or that, uh, you know, some people call it the, you know, the, the new England style or whatnot. And I don't know if this technically counts. Um, you may know more about that than I do, but, um, you know, I think it's got a, you know, it's got a good pineapple tropical flavoring to it. It's got a cloudiness, so it's got a little bit thicker body, which I think plays well into the beer. I like it. I'd put this on my uh, try before you die list. Outstanding. No, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Shiner. And I remember, uh, you know, maybe 15 years ago or so ago, maybe not that long, I got introduced to the Amberbach um, beer by Shiner. I remember when they first released that, I was a huge fan. Uh, Amberbach's a Budweiser product, yo. Amber, oh my God, you know what? You're right. What the hell am I thinking? Um, I had this Bach. I was stuck on Bach, but no, you're right. So let's scratch that. Um, made a huge mistake there. So everyone can laugh at me uh, if you need to. But no, um, for as far as the Shiner line goes, um, I want to try this beer now. So living in Oklahoma, I know I, could, I should have easy access to that. And uh, I want to add that to my list as well to try before I die, Mike. So uh, thank you for uh, bringing that to the show tonight. No, I, I think I think you're going to love it. To be honest, so God, now I feel stupid, dude. Like seriously, like Amberbach, it's like really, <laughs> but I, I got stuck on the whole Bach thing. It is just really tied together. Ray, um, Ray's got the podcast jitters. It's the podcast jitters. <laughs> it's the podcast. Yes, I've got all the jitters. The podcast jitters are <laughs> real. The podcast. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, you know got we a are for radio uh, too. <laughs> podcast so, jitters. jitters. Oh gosh. <laughs> So speak of podcast jitters, we are encroaching the 32 minute mark. I think it's a, I just called you Mark. Oh my God. The jitters are real tonight. <laughs> the podcast jitters. <laughs> so, so let's think about <laughs> wrapping this one up. Uh, we three great beers on the lineup tonight. Now, of course we had our F5 uh, IPA um, by uh, Coop L works. We had the coconut Hefe uh, by country boys brewing. And uh, we had, 
whatever beer you just had. Oh my God. I can't even think of it, Mike. Um, uh, so it's the, it's the wicked juicy pineapple and coconut IPA by Shiner by Shiner. That's a one heck of a lineup tonight. And so <laughs> thank everybody uh, for checking out uh, episode number two of craft beer bucket list. Uh, before uh, you go anywhere else, do me a favor, uh, get on your cell phones, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at craft beer bucket list, all one word, no spaces. Uh, if you want to see some behind the scenes uh, photos of uh, Big Ray and Mike, not Mark, it's Mike <laughs> with our beers in our in our podcast gear, or even other beers that we like to try that we haven't featured on the show yet, uh, drop us a thumbs up. Uh, be sure to share the podcast and our photos with your friends and family. And, uh, you know, let us know some of your favorite beers as well. We'd like to, to give those a try and review those uh, as well. We'd like to expand on our knowledge. Of course, we can't know everything about every beer. Uh, so that's that's it for me, Mike. Have you got any closing words uh, for episode? <laughs> I, would, I would just say if if you get on the social media sites, make sure you tell Ray that Amber Bach is not brewed by Shiner Brew. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, feel free to let me have it. Um, uh, I, I totally screwed up. I will take all of the trolls and all of the hate. Go ahead and, and <laughs> let the, me the have part, it, guys. I love the it. Best part about this is earlier in the podcast, I said you know uh, something about Budweiser and you know different beers they made and whatnot so <laughs> yeah who knows maybe that 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 caused my no either, you know it was all me dude i totally i totally dropped the ball and goobered up there i will own it it's podcast Make jitters you gotta own it podcast jitters all right everybody yeah. thanks again uh, we're gonna close out episode two here um thanks we'll again see you on the next episode out. yes on the next episode of uh all the beers mike and i think you need to try before you die later everybody all right bye